0: Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Song on The Viewpoint.
1: It's The Viewpoint, yeah on SAFM, leading the conversation with your host, Songa The First hour has come, first hour has gone. Most recently we had Mr. Fananaya a currently unemployed graduate, Honours in Development Studies from the University of Zululand, telling us about his journey to where he is right now. Talking also to us about why he decided to wear reflective jacket boots and an overall donated by a local farmer to his graduation, telling us and lamenting quite emotionally at that, the fact that his parents are not there to to witness such a grand occasion for him in terms of the triumph he has had to overcome in his very short life of 23 years before him. Professor Eugene Cloutier of Stellenbosch University. He is the current DVC, Research, Innovation and Postgraduate Studies, giving us an account as to the response Stellenbosch to date has conducted following the aftermath and the fallout really with the community of South Africa, in particular that community that identifies as coloured following the age and education related effects of cognitive functioning in coloured South African women. studies conducted by Professor Elmarita Blanche as well as her colleagues. Many things are happening at Stellenbosch and we will follow that story Story and certainly, if anything, is worthy of more discussion. SAFM, leading the conversation with myself, Songaz Amapeta, will follow up on that. Second hour now, African Hour, African Narrative Hour 2107. We are in conversation with Professor Simpiwe Sesanti, Institute for African Renaissance, here at the University of UNISA. Probably a good time to talk about African Renaissance. It's Africa Month. Professor Sesanti, Thank
2: you
1: so much for identifying yourself i true African to Professor, before we Good evening to all the want to ask this question. to Why is a conference organized in Africa Month still asking a question like, is Pan-Africanism in the 21st century even relevant? What kind of question is that?
2: It is a very important question um, uh, in a contextual sense, Um, because, um, you know, in the general conversation or discourse, um, Pan-Africanism as an ideological framework um, is occupying a space that is in the margin. In other words, you know there's a lot that is rhetorical, but um, and little that uh, that is practical. Now, if you interrogate, um for instance, in South Africa, here we hear um that uh, you know uh, many people of um, African descent um, who are coming from um, other countries are being persecuted, you know, by their own people who are coming from within South Africa. And so the question then is, um, if there's this absence of, um, you know, Pan-African consciousness, this Pan-African solidarity, then that kind of question arises because, you know, um, here we are, um, the the, the African people themselves um, view one another as foreigners. The question is, how do you regard uh, an African in Africa as a foreigner? So if you have that kind of uh, discourse, if you have that kind of, uh, you know, uh, reference to, to one another, then it tells you that, um, you know, uh, there's a long way for us to go.
1: But everything turns on framing. And I just want to quickly get this out of the way before I actually introduce the nature of this discussion. Everything turns on framing. Why, for instance, notwithstanding what you have said, you can still achieve those outcomes. You can still engage In that context, by possibly, for instance, saying, modernizing pan-Africanism to respond to the challenges of Africa in the 21st century, to ask, is it even relevant, almost calls into question our own existence. And no one else is asking this question but ourselves.
2: (laughs) That's a very good one, um, because the truth of the matter is, you know your your, your kind of framing is um, is quite is quite important because, as you say, um, you know, um, uh, suggesting or questioning otherwise seems to be suggesting that um, you're even doubting the very relevance um, of the concept. But not necessarily, as I said earlier on. In 1998, 21 years from now, there was um, an African Renaissance Conference that was held in Johannesburg. Some of the uh, among the issues that were discussed at the conference you know was um that uh, you know the the people of this uh, part of the world that is south africa whenever they are referring um to to the rest of the african continent they speak about africa as if um, south africa is not part um of the of the of the african continent So the question um more than questioning. The relevance of Pan-Africanism is a, basically a rhetoric or rhetorical question that um, is aimed at, um, at sensitizing and, pro- and being provocative, as it were, about the this this importance um, of this concept, uh, Pan-Africanism.
1: We're in conversation with Professor Simpiwe Sesanti, who is at UNISA at the Institute for African Renaissance. Currently taking place, starting tomorrow, is the African Unity for Renaissance conference. It's a two-day conference that will focus on identifying key current governance, peace and security and sustainable development challenges and opportunities. Also talking about the Continental Free Trade Agreement and the ways in which an Innovative Pan-African approach can effectively contribute to moving agenda forward. The conference will scrutinise something I have an issue with: the relevance of Pan-Africanism in the 21st century. And there's no better person to talk to us about that than Uz Tongasha. Let's talk about the substantive issues now. Very recent. I mean, you just mentioned the fact that South Africa's relationship with Africa is such that there's a South Africa and there's the rest of Africa and we'll get into the issues as it pertains to that but this is true because in 2013 around about October President Zuma mentioned something along these lines this is not somewhere in Africa this is Johannesburg we're not talking about some road in Malawi this was the government's response to the Etol saga that was gripping the Johannesburg metro at the time that is right. Why do we, as South Africans, seem to have this relationship with our fellow continent brothers and sisters?
2: Well, that's a very good one. Let's begin here and, and, and begin, you know, with the with the with the former president um, Jacob Zuma, um, who made that kind of an utterance in that year, an utterance that was, um, you know, received with anger, rightly so, by the by the by the rest of the African continent. Um, you would recall that um the, the former president himself, when they were there was the a tug of war within the ANC for, for the presidency, um, you know, uh, referred to himself as a proud Zulu, right? Um proudly Zulu or, or something like that. Um and subsequently to that, um it is it is on record, you read the book by Vosima Zimbabwe, um time is not the measure. Recently a few, a few weeks ago um uh in Mdwana, leader um, i mean IFP leader mangosuthu was saying that uh, in kwazulu-natal there was a swing towards the african national congress because there was a perception that uh, the the perceived historically cross dominated anc was now being ruled by a zulu speaking person so that gives you a very clear sense um of the parochial politics um, of uh, the former president uh, Jacob Zuma, so that the kind of statement then that he made um, came as no surprise, um, because he's got you know a deep ethnic consciousness as opposed to uh, an African nationalist consciousness that informed the very foundation of the African National Congress. So therefore, you know, we need to link these dots and see this. But then, and that this is the tragedy of the matter. About, about South African politics, that after we had, you know, um, Stephen Biko, who advanced the unity of black people in this country across ethnicities, after we had the, the president of the Pan-Africanist Congress of Tanzania, Mangaliso Sobukwe, who advanced African nationalism and Pan-Africanism, after we had earlier than that, um, Anton Anton Limberde, um, the first president of the ANC Youth League, who advanced a very progressive African nationalism? This day and age, after so many years, we have this deep sense of ethnic consciousness, um, where people perceive themselves as Amantosa, who perceive themselves as Amazulu, who perceive themselves as Amavenda, and that type of a thing. Uh, people relating to one another in that way, within I mean, within organizations that are supposed to be taking us forward. So then, going back to you the discomfort um, that you have with the rhetorical question that is being posed, that is where we are. Um, that uh, we have taken one step forward and taken three steps backwards.
1: We'll talk about this ethnicity thing a little bit deeper because it does merit further attention. You know, sometime in 2016 and as you were talking, it took me back to that as you were referring to President Zuma. First of all, being deeply ethnic without more is not in and of itself offensive in my view because this is why it simply is a confirmation of your identity at its core but that does not necessarily make it offensive to somebody who doesn't identify as you is that correct
2: you you're making a very good point professor Kosekua-Pra wrote um, you know a, a very interesting book uh, the african nation the state of the nation Mm. Now this book, Professor Kosikosa, earlier on when we began you you asked me to identify myself um, on the basis of, on the basis of my clan association sure. and now, for some, um this can be perceived as it is not being cleanliness, rather, you know it is important that as African people, we must celebrate um you know our ethnicity, uh, speaking Isa or speaking Isi or speaking Sitswana, and there is no contradiction in that problem is when one, um, you know, begins to think that one's ethnic group is superior to the other. When one begins to think that um, one's language um, is better than the other as African people. So celebrating the South, uh, there's nothing wrong. But when you begin to use that um, that. Uh, that, uh, that ethnic consciousness as a tool to begin to undermine African unity and to advance parochial and selfish interests. That is where the problem, I mean, the, the problem arises. Um, you know, when, when, uh, when Chekhanta Diop, for instance, one of the greatest Pan-Africanists, um, who has lived said that, um, in order for us, as African people to advance the concept of the African Renaissance, we need to revisit the importance um, of advancing our African languages. Now, um, Walter Rodney came in and said that this should never be mistaken um, as uh, as valorizing um, one African language and vilifying the other, because the chance. Um, always exists that uh, those who um, want to use ethnic identities uh, to advance their own selfish interests can Mm. always, always elevate uh, Kothaism, Zuluism, uh, Tsonaism, Sutuism at the expense of Africanism. So therefore, you know, the point then that is being raised is that when we address and approach these issues, we need to do so with a great sense of caution and sensitivity. Otherwise, um, you know, the the entire project can go haywire.
1: Ache, maf. the African anthropologist of the 60s, better known as the Dean of Tribalism. You've got Uta Tumiko in the 70s talking about black consciousness and infused in that is the pride in who we are, but not at the expense of other human beings. Black consciousness, even Professor Bani Pityana speaks about it through his teachings. Where have we as an African nation swayed from the underpinnings that were the basis of Ubuntu that gave us this collective strength? What happened?
2: What really happened to to begin with, um, you know, with the advent of um, colonialism and imperialism, um, what happened is that, um, you know, there's a saying, when poverty enters, love flies through the window. Um, um, When people are under pressure, the instinct is always to preserve and to protect, you know, themselves as individuals, as opposed. Um, on a solidarity and group basis. So then, this is what happened um, to the African people. They were beaten into submission, and they were beaten into a state of amnesia. And this amnesia is very important, because what then happened when they were dispossessed is that, um, you know, due to hunger, poverty, and all that, individualism set in. And then, you know, each and everyone looked out for themselves. And so in the process as well, you know, what then happened was that not only did people begin to, to, to have disdain for their values. But you would hear many many African people saying that um, we are where we are today because of our sense of generosity, because of our sense of Ubuntu. We we allowed and welcomed uh, um, aggressive forces into the continent and look where we are. Our generosity has not benefited us in any way. So then, then um, when people are in that kind of a condition, they begin to say that uh, this Ubuntu business has not worked for us, rather it has worked to our disadvantage. So they begin to have tendencies of selfishness, um, you know, towards the goal of, of preservation, of self-preservation, and what they think is success. And, um, you know, what, gold, what went then along with that was not just, you know, the, the, the content for, for our own values, but the content for our very own selves. Anything that is associated with african began to be subjected, um, uh, to scrutiny and question and anything and everything, um, that seemed to be succeeding, um, that is associated with the, with the venues, um, of the European world and others um began to be seen as uh, something that is viable. And so then um in, in summing up the the, the 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 answer to the question that you were raising, where did we go wrong? We mm. went wrong at that point. And it is at that point that uh, philosophers, you know, such as um N'girunze, Gu of Nigeria and Ngugiwationgu um mm. of Ghana mm. um began to tell us. Um, that uh, you know, um, our our first step, uh, which is which is very crucial, is that we must rediscover our sense of culture. Because I remember you hearing earlier on speaking about the question of economics, and we tend to empath- to have to emphasize these because they are material. But you know, I'm one of those who share the view that um, we we can we can be free materially. We can be free in other ways, but for as long as we, do, we are not free um, culturally as a people, we will not go very far because we are operating in the cultural frameworks of others. Such that even then that economic freedom becomes meaningless because it reduces us to being consumers um and, 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 and does not, you know, take us back um to the to the to the cultural values that made our our ancestors the great people that they were.
1: I'm interested in engaging culture. I'm interested in engaging this thing that you say needs to be almost foundational to our collective success and having a proper pan-African outlook to which we can all find purchase and expression as African people. And I say this because I want please now if ever I've made a plea before it is now. 0891104207 please. I'm asking for those who identify with the culture movement language of afrikaans what do Africans, speakers and those who identify with the culture that defines Africans and Afrikaners have to say about Pan-Africanism? Where is the expression in Africa? How is Africa to them who they find expression in? If at all, I'm appealing now for the next 20 or so minutes, I'm appealing to the Afrikaans community. I don't want to have a discussion of you, about you, Without you, we have on in studio. I beg your pardon. We have on the line Professor Simpiwe Sesanti, who's at the Institute for African Renaissance at the University of South Africa. Whilst we are waiting for the africans community to come through, let's have a discussion, please, about the legacy of President Tabombeki, particularly as it pertains to African Renaissance. Because this, especially on eight May nineteen ninety six, if ever it had been in doubt before, it certainly wasn't post that speech.
2: Well, um, President Kabumbeki has played a pivotal and great role um, in um, in in resuscitating the the discussion about about uh, the African demise, um in the in the in South Africa in particular, and uh, but uh, you know uh, throughout the African continent as well. Um, let us begin by saying that <clears throat> one of the greatest things um, that uh, if we examine the very speech. Uh, that, uh, you know, former President Thabo made um, in 1996, he began with the open-wing words, I am an African. Mm-hmm. Now, those exact words, and I remember, you know, with fascination, reading Vusma Vimbele's book, Time is Not the Measure. Um, he says that, uh, he traces this, um, you know, he says that President Thabo before that day, he began to have conversations with them and said that we need to begin from the beginning. And so if we interpret that, um, we begin to realize that, um, you know, exactly 90, 90 years um, um, before Becky made that statement in 1996, Isaka uh, Isakaseme in 1906 had delivered uh, um, a speech that won him an award in 1906 um, when he was a student in the USA, and he said, I'm an African. So therefore, You know, there are many who tend to criticize um, uh, former President Becky and saying that he has made a claim that uh, he was the originator of the African Renaissance concept, and Becky has never done that. Um, When we examine his his writings, he does state explicitly that uh, the African Renaissance idea is far older done him, you know, um and says that the only difference with South Africa is that now there was an opportunity to begin to implement and it's quite is quite correct um in saying that because uh, you know um if I, I look at the at the writings about the African Renaissance, eighteen ninety seven if I remember well, martin Delany, you know began to speak about regeneration, and after him it was Pi kai Kafe who began to speak about um, mm, you know mm. uh, uh, regeneration. Followed by uh, Nan Namki Azikiwe, who spoke about the Renaissance African, followed by Chekhan Tadiob, who spoke about the African Renaissance proper um, in the year 1946, uh, 48, no, 48, and followed by uh, Kwame Nkrumah, who wrote his book, um, you know, um, uh, The Conscientism in 1964. So you see that um, in in the true sense, um, of the word the African Renaissance concept is a pan-Africanist project um, that is not uh, or, um, um, uh, exclusively and uh, you know that should be reduced to South Africa. It is a pan-African concept, and so you know President Becky then um, helped us uh, to to revive and and for me the you know strategic position being the president of South Africa and the president of the ANC then um, began to say that. We, we need to revisit this concept and advance it, because without reclaiming ourselves, without reversing our own values, um, without regenerating our, our revolutionary consciousness, um, we cannot be able to advance forward. So um, uh, briefly then, and in sum, this is the major contribution that uh, President Becky, you know, played in the, in the African Renaissance uh, Project.
1: And it clearly is him because he hasn't let up since he left and vacated the office of the presidency because he's running Timali, the Tabumbeki African Leadership Institute, at your university, UNICEF, for which he's now the chancellor. So this is clearly something that is him. You, you cannot divorce and or separate Tabumbeki to African Renaissance. Yes.
2: Presently. Notwithstanding
1: what the criticisms are, I mean, I don't understand why there would be a criticism because in some he's advancing a notion that we should all be taking up.
2: Absolutely. You know, um, but then you know the sort the of matter that. Oh, let me let me quickly respond to the question that you were raising. Um, the the beauty about this thing um, with the president Bege, uh clearly clearly indicates, you know, that uh, one does not have uh, to be actively involved in a political party. One does not have um, to be involved in government um, to advance the African Renaissance. The African Renaissance, in fact. You know, as one um, or other thinker was saying, that uh, the the major task and the major challenge that confronts us um, in both in reference to Pan Africanism and the African Renaissance is to take the African Renaissance concept beyond you know um, the, the the what is perceived to be an elitist project. The the, the reason that within the mess that we are in um we're having Africans at one another's throats we're having a lack of appreciation of Africans for one another is that uh, you know to a very great extent unfortunately the African renaissance concept and pan-africanism has been um, you know uh, imprisoned and caged um, um at at an elite level as opposed to to being made the, the, um, the project of the African uh, masses in, in general, because it is only when Pan-Africanism and the African Renaissance notion um, is owned by the African masses um, that the African people will begin to appreciate the importance of this concept and recognize that as Africans, you know, we need one another. But as Africans, we have a common pain, we have a common frustration, we have a common struggle. And that, in fact, by mm. tearing one another apart, um, we are not going to go anywhere other than, you know, dissipating our own energies um, and, and undermining and ultimately being reduced to nothing.
1: We're in conversation with Professor Simpiwe Asandi at the Institute for African Renaissance at the University of South Africa UNISA here in Pretoria. Our line is open 0891-104-207. Mario, please stay on the line. We have to take a quick ad break before we take it to the home stretch. Stay tuned
0: business landscape is changing is your business ahead of the curve join us on the 23rd and 24th of may for our live broadcast from the 2019 africa shared value summit in nairobi kenya where we'll be engaging with some of the world's brightest business minds on how businesses can create both economic value and value for society Tune in for all this and more. The Summit is proudly sponsored by Safaricom, Old Mutual, NL, APSA, The World Food Program, JC Deco, and the Shared Value Africa Initiative. Learn more at africasharedvaluesummit.com. The SABC News mobile app is your one-stop digital portal to all the news you need. Stay connected with the latest in breaking news. Watch the SABC News channel along with clips and live streams of all the big news events and listen to all the SABC News radio stations live, including podcasts and much more. Simply download the SABC News app to your Android or iOS device from either the Play Store or the App Store. SABC News, independent impartial join the party on top billing this saturday evening at six with kelly kumalo and chad the don talking rap ink and romance from roots in gospel to fame through opera nozuko Teto returns to grow a new generation of stars and we bring you the home built for a summer that lasts 10 months a year that's top billing this saturday repeat midday sunday on sabc3 The viewpoint 8 to 10 p.m. flipping conventional wisdom on its head on the
1: viewpoint that's right the relevance of pan-africanism in the 21st century we're taking your calls on 0891 the plea has been and still is for the next 10 minutes please can we try and focus the balance of this conversation it's only 11 minutes remaining of this conversation to pan-africanism africa and the culture of Africans, I want to engage this community. They enjoy purchase and traction in this country for a history most Afrikaners I understand probably don't want to be proud of or are not proud of but nonetheless we are in 2019 we are building a nation we are building a continent based on values of Ubuntu and I want contributions from those who are in the Africans community who identify as Afrikaners and have their perspectives on Pan-Africanism. We're taking your calls on 891 104 Contributions have come through so far we need to activate our values of collective consciousness and social awareness And add values to our social well-being Ubuntu, meaning values of collective consciousness and social awareness Thank you so much, my Shepo Pape Khadebe Kamo that is, says Not that love flies out of the window Rather, compatibility is not met at certain time No one wants to starve, hence they will look elsewhere where they are provided for Love does not feed, unfortunately Working and earning does that Thank you, Khadebe And calling us from the capital, Ndrungu Mario Hello Mario
3: Hi, hi. When, Indeed I think uh, Africanism and uh, nationalism and those type of things have become lost in this new era of selfishness and greed and monetarism. You know, it's almost like people are uh, everyone's got a price these days We're under 50 years back very little people had a price but um, I, I want to represent or give my views about Africanists because half my family is now totally right in own and the other half of my family is not so right-wing of the concept. They're still conservative. But sure. The, the right-wing are ones, when they uh, handed over, uh, let's say, power, basically, in, in 94, they, they were still them. They were still ethnic nationalists. And um, whatever goes with ethnic nationalism, tribalism, their heart is in this country. They see themselves as part of this country, part of this continent, I personally see myself as an African, well, I know myself as an African that left here 45,000 years ago and mixed it in the Andresville and came all the way back. So, to me, that's where I am. But to the general Afrikaner, they're not all the same. But mm. the fur traders and the real Afrikaners, these guys want tribal land. These guys want help. They'll even take the Northern Cape or part of the Northern Cape where there's nothing because they want to be part of this land. They they not the Israelis. They've got a pact with God and the blood of everything, and this is where they are. This is where their hearts are. This is where their minds are. They are being forced to give up some of their culture and, and, and a lot of their things that they they tried and made to, to, to and their whole way of thinking to adapt to the new way of life. But they are doing it very difficultly. It's very difficult to change. We all know it's difficult to change. But their hearts are here. And to me, um, the thing that holds this country back is, is just get the, the land issue on the track where it cannot be thwarted and, and taken away in the Mugabe style, and to get confidence of the business people, to get jobs employed and to get the country started again and not listen to promises and lies of people like Ellen, and these things and jeans and things that are not working. Good are good or tactical. If one are a tactical, they make things work. They get along with their people. They work. They have their ethnicity, yes, but their hearts are yeah, and their minds are, 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 are over the people of Africa.
1: Can I indulge you, Mario, now that you're on the line? You say they get along with their people. What do you mean by that? Just define people, their people?
3: They've got... Uh, Who is their people is my question. Uh, right-wingers, the right-wingers, they're ethnic, right, so, so they're white in the first place. They identify with whiteness, they identify with their genetical string of whiteness where a Zulu would identify with zulu or whatever. You know, whoever's ethnic, if you an ethnic person, you, you you just have that ethnic thing about you. If you're Indian or you're Chinese or whatever you are, you are ethnic. So I'd say about maybe almost two-thirds of white people are ethnic. doesn't matter if they're Afrikaners or they're German or they're whatever. They are, they're ethnic nationalists representing their countries, whatever they are. If their daughters or whatever, they don't mind. A lot of them don't mind. But the right wingers do, because right wingers are religiously so. You must know, their whole belief system is different to ours. We're more democratic, we're more open minded. But the, the the traditionalists, it's difficult to, try, to change the tradition. And we can't expect in 25 years to force people that we knew were right wingers, they were extreme right wing extremists in 1994. We can't expect them all to change overnight. And we have to. We, we are fighting, uh, like the racism thing. There's a law against racism now. Now there's a land issue. Those are our like, two big things. And now when we've conquered, we've conquered racism, we've conquered uh, 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 land issue. It has been nice for us all the way, my man. Investment, acting jobs, and that's, that's the way we go.
1: Thank uh, you so okay. much. Thank you so much for that call there, Mr. Ndlovo from Emma Lakhlini. you want to contribute?
4: Yeah, how are you? How are you? Uh, well, thank how you. How about not? you? Yeah, I, I want the professor to comment about it. Sure. Actually, me, I, I, I'm a song speaking uh, Those who they call, i uh, a So,
2: actually, it I'm... Real, eh, baba, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> 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 ah, i i And I can't go.
2: Yeah. Actually, I, I'm
4: always, most of the time, I'm always worried, yeah. Because we we are the minority in South Africa, and uh, we got uh, a lot of tribalism. So most of the people don't don't know uh, our history, actually uh, uh, African history. So like we, the Shanghai speaking, we uh, actually we originate from uh, uh, from the, the Zide, 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 uh from the zwande tribe. So, but, yeah, we got, uh, in South Africa, we got tribalism. So, eh, uh, uh, maybe it's not, eh, uh, it's not for the first time you heard that most of the people here in South Africa, when they see those who are from, eh, uh, Zimbabwe, eh, uh, uh, the outsiders, uh, those uh, that are not South African, they always call them the shangans and all those things. So, I wonder whether we are going to achieve uh, this African Renaissance with the lot of tribalism we have
1: here. Yeah. So Thank it, you so it, much, Mr. Androvo. I'm yeah, sure okay. Professor has got something to say about that and the previous caller, Mario's comments.
2: Professor Sasanti? Thank you very much. Very quickly, um, I, I had the first gentleman uh, that was raising all the issues that um, he, he was raising. Um, and then, you know, I can understand um, the, the, the points that he was making about the anxieties and all that um that uh, you know uh, associated um, with with minority minority groups and my my quick response is that you know what has happened um a strange thing there's happened in the historical liberation movement uh both on the part of those who are regarded as white and on the part of those who are regarded as black um there's always been concerned about to protect and to be sensitive um to to the to the interests of the people who have been advantaged and in this case um, the white people, and, least, and little uh, sensitivity that that has been made. So um, the, my point is, quite correctly, our leaders have done this um, because they could understand that, um, you know, the, the, the white minority groups had a sense of anxiety. But equally so, um, the, the anxiety that has gripped uh, the majority of the, of those who were oppressed and who had been disadvantaged and dispossessed, you know, needs to be seriously taken into cognizance, And I think that this has not happened, and this is why we are in the mess that we are in, because to a very great extent, our leaders correctly have, you know, advanced the notion of reconciliation, and there was less that was spoken about the question of justice. Um, and so those that uh, were disadvantaged yesterday continue to be disadvantaged, and that is why they are caring at uh, one another. And to, to this gentleman um, that has just uh, spoken now, um uh, speaking sitonga or what is referred to as shangan and i spoke in his language because i'm trying very much uh, to learn that language uh, that's speaking a very beautiful language and this is the teaching um of Pan africanism that um for whatever reason perhaps um, you know internal factors and also external factors we have been a people that have been as a part but the 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 advance yes it is going to happen Uh, it must happen we owe it to ourselves as African people, you must understand that uh, Tonga is, is a language, Fikosa uh, is a language, but above that is our Africanness. We are one people, for instance, you know, just now when I was talking to him, he says, Minjani, and I would say in my language, is Minjani, and you Mikon and Nikon, and I would say in my language, Nikon, and the original think I uh, uh, thank you very much, so mm, there is mm. much that is common amongst us. There's a lot that unites us, and, um, you know, there's little that uh, that sets us apart. In fact, it's not so much even a difference, as Professor Pitikantoli would say, it's just variations, not even differences. So, yes, um, it is possible that uh, we, we will be one people, and not only is it possible, it is a, a necessity. We owe it to ourselves as African people.
1: We certainly do. We certainly do. And we thank you for your contributions. And unfortunately, we haven't had time to even talk about some of the con- conversations that will take, that will be taking place tomorrow about the Continental Free Trade Agreement and how the <coughs> economic emancipation of Africans can assist in driving a pan-Africanist agenda. Final comments from me. Tomorrow at 10.20, Professor Simpiwe Sassante, whose voice for the majority of time you've been hearing, will be part of a panel facilitated by Ms. Crystal Audison Together with, on the panel, Professor Lungsi Nzebeza, Dr. Kojo Opoku-Aidu, himself, Professor Sesanti, Ms. Leipelo Lebuhang-Peku, as well as Professor Mamo Muchie. They will be discussing Pan-Africanism for the 21st century. This is the conference taking place tomorrow. African Unity for Renaissance Conference 2019, taking place at Kivitz-Kruen in Rea Road in Kamildrift, Ues Pretoria. That's tomorrow and Thursday, culminating on Africa Day celebrations tomorrow. Professor all The best, and thank you so much for your contributions. Do you have anything to say finally in 30
2: seconds? El Kwame Nkrumah said, you know, uh, Ghana without the independence of the African continent was meaningless. And if we were to put it in South Africa and say that um, the liberty, the, the freedom that is enjoyed by the South Africans, unless and until it is enjoyed by all the, the African people, it will be meaningless. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: When Jen Jen, Izizwe, Nen Professor Simpius and Santis, Abule like Kukuku Tonga It's time now for the paper, but before that, it is a quick ad break.